What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I am your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are talking about the Western Conference playoffs first round in the NBA. I was joined this episode alongside Sam Corcoran. You guys know him as a Golden State Warriors fan, a guy who gives amazing takes. And uh, yeah, I was happy to bring him on the show today. We got into not only the NBA playoffs, which is interesting in their own right, but also his all-NBA team, and his all-NBA team was not as similar to mine as Elena's was when we talked about the Eastern Conference preview last episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, see who's right, see who's wrong when the full list comes out. I, I saw Zach Lowe's list, all-NBA first team. Mine and his were exactly the same. Then there was a little bit of a little bit of difference in there, but out of all the players, out of 15 players, I had 13 that were on his list, so hey, NBA, where's my vote? Anyways, guys, let's get into the episode. Alright guys, so today we are back talking about Western Conference NBA playoffs here with Sam Corcoran, resident Warriors fan in the new house atmosphere. What's going on, Sam? How you doing? I'm doing great, Tahani. Glad to be on. Excited for postseason play. It's been, been an interesting NBA season, but the postseason for basketball is always always fun. So I'm happy to talk about it. Definitely interesting. I mean, look, the West is probably the most wide open it's been since man it's, it's been a long time since you can really say there's legitimately five maybe even six teams that can actually contend in the western conference i want to start off talking briefly before we get into each individual matchups in the in the playoffs i want to talk about the play in game um last night the thunder and the pelicans played in the western conference playing the 9-10 game and it was the oklahoma city thunder Coming out on top, 123-118. You know, either team could have won this game. Obviously, no Zion for the Pelicans certainly hurt them. But, you know, I give credit where credit is due. Oklahoma City, man, for a team that was supposed to be tanking, everybody thought they were going to tank, try and get Victor Wembanyama, especially considering the amount of picks that Sam Presti has accumulated over the last few years with all the trades. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a top guard in the NBA, he led the squad with 32 points. You look at Josh Giddy, 31, 10, and 9, near triple-double. Lou Dort, 27. You know, just a bunch of different pieces that I don't know if, if if a lot of people would agree with me here, but Oklahoma City Thunder, they don't need too many more picks. They have a really good squad right now. They don't. They have a very good squad led by, as you said, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Josh Giddy had a, phen- had a phenomenal game last night. Overall, it's a very well-rounded team, a team – that's really starting to come together. And you're really starting to see this OKC team. Why obviously it didn't work out in the KD Westbrook, Chris Paul, whoever else they had era. But now this team is finally starting to come together, to come together with a different core. And you're, we're really seeing in front of our, our eyes, a team with a lot of talent, 
coming together, led by a superstar point guard and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Not to mention Chet Holmgren has been yeah. out all season long. So Chet Holmgren could come back and be an X factor for the Thunder. So the sky's the limit for them. Even if they don't beat the Timberwolves on Friday, then at the end of the day, it's still going to be a huge win for OKC this season. Yeah, you mentioned the next playing game to determine who's going to be at the AFC, the Timberwolves versus Thunder. Again, that one can go either way. Um, You know, I'm sort of rooting for the Timberwolves only because, you know, I, I just think Anthony Edwards, man, him in the playoffs is spectacular. We saw what he did last year in his postseason debut. I, I just bet on Anthony Edwards personally. But again, the Thunder, they can do great things with this young core. And, you know, the sky's the limit, like you said. They're only they're, they're so young. I forget the average age. If I'm not mistaken, they have the youngest um, average age in the entire league. You add Chet Holmgren to that, and you just let these guys build and grow over time. They can easily be a top team in the Western Conference given time and experience. I want to say I cover I also cover Syracuse sports, and I want to say it was NC State or some team like that had an yeah. older average age than the Oklahoma City Thunder, which was wild I saw that. to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was. It was one of the some other ACC team had a. Combined, had an older team than the Thunder, which was just wild to hear. And it just it goes to show how young this team is. Are they going to win? Are they going to go far in the playoffs? I don't think so. If they make it to Denver, I think it's going to be an easy first round exit. First, maybe even a sweep for Denver. But at the end of the day, this OKC team is going to make some noise come two, maybe even two or three years from now. Definitely. And you mentioned the Denver Nuggets. Let's go on to that first round matchup. Um, It'll be Denver versus whoever wins this Timberwolves and Thunder matchup. Either or, I don't see them really even making it a true series. I think five games. But I will say, you know, a lot of people, they have their doubts about the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, whether that be because Nikola Jokic isn't necessarily the most flashy player, he isn't going to wow you with athleticism or incredible ball handling, perimeter shot making, but his passing is otherworldly at times. The ability to put the ball on a string to shooters, to cutters, you you can't discount that in terms of his impact offensively for the Denver Nuggets. And then also the supplementary pieces, you know, Jamal Murray coming back from injury, sort of rounding out into shape, Michael Porter Jr. The supplementary pieces, Bruce Brown, uh, Christian Braun, Aaron Gordon, they have a solid squad, but they don't, maybe it's just me and, and Sam, I'll let you chime in on this in a second, but they don't really scream, okay, top of the top, like the best team in basketball, despite their number one seeding in the Western Conference. Interesting. I think this Denver team is a championship contender, on the other hand. I think what they have going with, I mean, every this is a healthy Nuggets team, finally. I feel like in years past, this team has just been unhealthy all the time, and we never really got to see what this Denver team is made of. This this year, we're really seeing it. 53 and 29 doesn't scream best of the best of the best. But at the end of the day, this is still a tighter title contender. I think they will make it out the Western Conference. I think I, I will say we'll talk about the East maybe later. I don't know. But obviously, we want to focus on the Western Conference. In the NBA Finals, it could be where their toughest challenge comes. But I think this is a championship contender, undoubtedly. And I think this team is going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. We've seen Denver become disappointed by a few losses in the past. Last year, a first-round exit to Golden State, another disappointing year. This year is the year for Denver, in my opinion. If they're going to get anything done, it's 2023. You know, uh, just looking at their offensive rating on basketball reference right now, offensive rating is fifth 
Um, so top 10, I, I always say mark of a championship team. You have to be a top 10 team in certain categories, offense, defense. Uh, so top top five in offensive rating, top 15, they're 15th actually in defensive rating. So at the middle of the pack, you know, for a Western conference that is so tightly uh, knit, you, you obviously watched that last few weeks stretch where six, the six, seven, eighth spot, even, even fifth at some points were up in the air. You really didn't know because the records were so tightly jam packed together. Um, Denver, they, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they ended up in the NBA finals, just because of obviously when you have Jokic and supplementary pieces around them, it's going to be very hard to stop them offensively. It's going to come down to the defensive end for that team. And speaking of a team that is great defensively, I want to go to that two, seven series in the West. The Memphis Grizzlies versus the Los Angeles Lakers. This one has been what before even before we even go back to that real quick. Uh, five games. Uh, that's my prediction for the Denver uh, one eight matchup. Five games. What do you what do you say for that one, Sam? I think it's going to be five games for Denver as well. Uh, I we don't know who they're playing yet. Whether it be Minnesota, whether it be OKC. I, I think one of them can snag a game at home. Maybe a game three win. Just kind of a gentleman's sweep right there. I think that's what you're looking after the Denver Nuggets. All right. Totally agree with you. Next up, the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, For Memphis, they were second all year in defensive rating. So a top tier defensive team in the half court. Obviously, you have Jaron Jackson Jr., defensive player of the year candidate in my eyes, and I'm sure many others as well. No Steven Adams for essentially the entire postseason, unless they make a super deep run and maybe comes back. But most likely he's out for the postseason, so that's a loss for them. John Morant, obviously one of the best guards in the NBA. Desmond Bain, all-star caliber guard. This is so many different pieces. Dylan Brooks as well. I think this matchup will be very, very interesting. When you look at Los Angeles, you know, post-all-star break, post-trade uh, deadline as well. They've been sneakily one of the best teams in the Western Conference in terms of their record. And defensively is where they've hung their hat. They had one of the best defensive ratings post-trade deadline in the entire NBA. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, that's a formula for success. We've seen it time and time again. Now they have the supplementary pieces added with D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt in the crew. Uh, uh, Rui Hachimura, the list goes on and on. So now it's not necessarily just LeBron, AD, and a bunch of other guys. Now there's shooting around them. There's playmaking around them. And, you know, I I'll let you go first on who you think will, will win. You can give your other takes as you go, but I'm not sure who wins this series. I think Memphis will win the series at the end of the day. It's going to be a lot closer than people think, though. I will agree with you. Los Angeles has been... Very sneaky throughout the second half of the season since the trade deadline. They made some very good moves. Getting Roy Hachimura has been huge for them. Uh, I, I do think that this Memphis team, just, just looking at what they have, obviously Stephen Adams is a huge loss. I, I just don't see an answer for John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. for that the Lakers have. I understand Anthony Davis, LeBron James, all great players. But at the end of the day, I like this Memphis team a lot more talent-wise and I think you're going to see that. I I would go Grizzlies in six. I don't think it's going to be. This is the. I think this could be the one series, one of the only series where I don't see a sweep in the Western Conference. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think it. Obviously, the West is tough. You have 
the four five matchup is Phoenix and Clippers. I, I could see Phoenix sweeping, but I I mean I don't think any of these series are going to be a sweep. The one series I do think that could be a sweep would be that one series, uh, the Memphis Lakers. Uh, or sorry, what I got a lot. I lost my train of thought. Anyways, sorry, that will not be a sweep. I guess if that if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, very interesting take talking about uh this the the sweet possibility around the West. We're gonna get to that in a second. Um, just in terms of you know Ja, Darren Jackson Jr. Obviously, those two, especially Ja, um, special offensively, Darren Jackson special defensively. But you know LeBron is at the height of his powers apparently. You know, averaging twenty nine, eight and seven MVP LeBron type numbers obviously the defense isn't there but who knows maybe he turns it on in the playoffs that's sort of been his mo throughout his career anthony davis went healthy he's been a top 10 talent i, I know people are like okay is he a top 10 player is he top 10 talent what does that mean exactly I'll, I'll define it here top 10 talent means when he's on the floor and playing his impact is at the level where okay there's not too many guys where you'd rather take over Anthony Davis defensively he'll give you those blocks offensively he has the whole package three-point shot improved from the last few years which has been down since the championship run with the Los Angeles Lakers I like that 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 duo matchup I, I really do if I had to pick right now I'd probably go Memphis Grizzlies they have home court advantage I think that will matter um that's I, definitely I think, gonna play a huge factor in that series I will say Absolutely. I'll say Grizzlies in seven, but I think the Lakers will give a really, really tough fight. The Lakers are going to put up a big fight indeed, and I think that's going to be a very entertaining series to watch at the end of the day. I completely agree with that. Oh, okay. oh excuse me. Brain fart right there. <laughs> uh, no, I you're good. You're good. Now the Kings-Warriors series. I'm going to let you take the helm on this one because the Warriors are your team, but a, a quick uh, just overview of this matchup. The number one offense in terms of points per game versus the number two offense in terms of points per game. Um, offensive firepower, defense, not so much. This series will be full of probably 40-point games by both star guards. You have Steph, we have De'Aaron Fox. I think there's going to be scoring in the high 120s, maybe even 130. I, I really think it's going to be an offensive showcase for both teams. Yeah, I, I I think this is a it, it's going to be a tough series for Golden State and the offense is really going to be the key factor in this. Both teams have fantastic offenses, as you said, and that's really going to propel whoever wins this tightly contested series, another tightly contested series uh, for that. So but the thing with this series is you have a, a Kings team that's never made the playoffs since 2006. Lots of inexperience. On the other hand, you have the Golden State Warriors, the greatest dynasty of our generation. It could be a warrior sweep. I don't I I I have more faith in the Kings than that. I'm honestly a very pessimistic Warriors fan this season. I've been a very pessimistic Warriors fan, and I honestly think this might sound crazy, but I think it's gonna be Sacramento in seven. And the only reason I say that is Golden State has been historically bad on the road. Yep. I understand Sacramento's only an hour and a half away from the Bay Area. But at the end of the day, and I know I know Warriors fans are going to pack Golden 1 Center. There's going to be a lot of Warriors fans there. At the end of the day, though, I, I just don't see this Warriors team adjusting to that road atmosphere. This team is this team is different from the 2022 team, from all the other teams with the 
2015, 17, 18, even 2016 and 2019, the years they lost. This team is just different and it's not and different and not so not a good way. I, I don't know what it is about this team that's different. This team is honestly, it, it's such a talented team. They just have not been able to put it together. You know what? I'm I'm surprised you you go you're going with Sacramento here. I really thought I was gonna have to go against you saying that Golden State would win. And they can certainly win, you know, like you mentioned, the championship experience that they have, postseason experience compared to Sacramento. Um, none of their core guys outside of Harrison Barnes really has that playoff experience. Mm-hmm. This one is is really tough to decide for me. I, I'm going to go with the Kings. I'm going to go with the Kings because, like you mentioned, Golden State, terrible on the road this year. I don't think there's a switch that just flips once the postseason starts. Despite what you never uh, know, I think. Okay, I mean, the thing I never want to doubt Golden State because they have this champion, they've been a championship caliber team for so long. But I I just, I I don't know, I just, I just don't feel it this year. That's I that that's really what it is. I won't be surprised if it's a Golden State sweep, I won't be surprised if Golden State wins the series at all. And I will also say that if Sacramento wins the series, it's going to be in seven games. I don't see Sacramento winning in four, five, or six. Okay, interesting takes, interesting takes. I'm going to go with Sacramento also in seven. I, I think that's a, a good number for them. They're going to have to fight for this one. Um, also, the atmosphere in uh, Sacramento, home arena, crazy. I understand how electric- They got the worst possible matchup to show off that atmosphere. They got the worst possible matchup. Oh, yeah, of because course. There's, <laughs> it's going to be – you. It would if they were playing a team – like let's say let's say they were playing the Timberwolves or something. Let's say the Timberwolves yeah. beat the Lakers and the Kings were the two seed. Let's say if it was Kings Timberwolves, it would be a hundred percent Sacramento fans. But Absolutely. now they have the Warriors. It's going to be seventy five twenty five. Same would go if they play the Lakers too. Yeah, so that's going to be very interesting. But I think the the light the beam chance in in the Kings arena that's going to overpower the Golden State Warriors. Uh, their mm-hmm. their sayings. I, I just believe that they. That I, I watched the highlights of, you know, light the beam and everybody's so excited. I'm like, man, that is an environment that's that's cr- insane, honestly, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. One of the best, if not the best fan bases that I've seen in quite a long time. Next up. Yeah, they've, wanna... been, they've been electric this year. Uh, absolutely electric. Next up, we have the four or five matchup where you said there might be a sweep. Potentially, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles. I don't. Suns. Is yeah, I don't see I don't I don't see a sweep honestly. I think it will be Phoenix and 6, but I I think this Phoenix team just they're so talented. I don't think you that's a, that's another team you can't really doubt. This Phoenix team has been to the finals in recent years. Has I would say two superstar players and one who is a former superstar player in Chris Paul. Okay. Um and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Phoenix is the more talented team than the Clippers. I think the Clippers will challenge them like they did in the 2021 Western Conference Finals. Uh, I'm going to go Phoenix, like the 2021 Western Conference Finals. I'm going to go Phoenix in six, though. I, this team, in my opinion, is just way too talented to lose a series like this in the first round. Okay, so just looking at the Clippers, uh, offensive rating, defensive rating, both in the middle of the pack, 16th offensively, defensively they're 18th. Uh, and you look at points per game, 18th. Uh, opponents points per game, 12th. So they're a middle of the pack team in terms of their their counting stats obviously Kawhi Leonard has been out a lot of the season Paul George has been out a lot of the season as well so you really haven't seen their full potential I'm interested to see when Paul George comes back that might 
be a big part of this series. But you look at their roster top to bottom, one of the deeper teams in terms of just bodies that you can throw um, at a a Kevin Durant defensively, out of Devin Booker. I mentioned Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell is a guy that has length, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, uh, Robert Covington, Eric Gordon. There's so many names and, and so many guys that are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, long wings that you can sort of put onto these guys to slow them down to a certain degree. Obviously, we're talking about Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. It's kind of tough to stop them. They'll probably get 30 each multiple times in this series. So in that regard, I think the Clippers, they have a fair shot to make this one a very interesting series. At the end of the day, though, I do think that Phoenix, their their starting five is insane. You talk about Chris Paul, who, although he's not the Chris Paul in Lob City or even Houston for that matter, he's still a guy that will give you twelve assists um, as a starting point guard. That's amazing. He can also he'll he'll get ten points just from mid range shots, maybe an open three. So he'll give you that. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, thirty points both. I'm not worried about that. DeAndre A in a double double guy, and then throw in whoever you want at that that three spot, whether it be Torrey Craig, Terrence Ross, if you need more offense, which I highly doubt with that um, quartet in the starting lineup. And then just going down the line, you know, Josh Okogie, TJ Warren, other guys like that to step in. I just think that star power is going to be overwhelming to the Los Angeles Clippers, who no doubt have some stars of their own. But, you know, I feel like Phoenix, they are a team that if they won it all, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Yeah, and you mentioned Chris Paul. I know I kind of bashed on him, but that facilitation that he provides is crucial for the Phoenix Suns, and it really puts them a step above a lot of the other teams in the NBA. Bit surprising that they're a four seed. Um, obviously they 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 got Kevin Durant midseason. That's a, obviously a big reason why. But at the end of the day, I I think, and I don't want to doubt Kawhi Leonard. I feel like that's one one player you can never down the playoffs. But I just think this Phoenix team is a lot better. Yeah, and before, I mean, this goes back to earlier in the season, but Phoenix, they were at the top of the West until all the injuries occurred with um, Chris Paul and then some of their other supplementary guys. Devin Booker, he was sort of that guy who was like, okay, let's let's keep you afloat. They remained around three, four, five. You you probably watched the West more than I did, but from what I remember, they were around that three, four, five area. And then Kevin Durant comes, Kevin Durant gets hurt, but then he ends up still playing. So this team kind of relatively new still in terms of just playing with each other in postseason basketball. But Kevin Durant, so easily adaptable um, to any offense. I'm sure they will be just fine. I say Phoenix in six for this one. Yeah, I'm going Phoenix in six as well, kind of what you just said. It's going to be tough for the Clippers to compete with all that firepower when their offense necessarily isn't that good, but – now I want to turn our attention to Sam's All-NBA team. I, I want to hear who you have for – let's go first and then second and third. I want to hear all your picks, and then I'll tell you my picks for the All-NBA teams. Yeah, so I'll I'll start it off with the person who I believe is going to be the MVP of the season, and that's Nikola Jokic. I think he will make the All-NBA team at center – Right there. It's so close between him and Embiid, though. So don't be surprised if it's showing Embiid. I I think I'm saying Jokic is a lock, but I think other people could see Embiid doing it. So I'm going to put Jokic there. I think the biggest lock, if you had to pick one, is Giannis. I don't think anyone compares to Giannis at the three or the four position, whatever they decide to put him at. No one compares to him. So we'll put Giannis there. As for the guards, I'm going to go with 
two guys out west, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, the two best mm. guards in the NBA, without a doubt. I think I'm going to put both of those guys there. And then the last one, the last one's kind of tough. I'm going to go, I'll go, considering how good of the season they had, I'll go Jason Tatum. Okay. I think the Celtics had a good season. He was a huge reason for that. So Curry, Luka, Tatum, Giannis, and Jokic. Okay. I'm not mad at that list. Great list. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you now, my MVPs and Embiid. I just think that, you know, obviously when you talk about record, Den- Denver is um the first seed in their in their conference. So you gotta take that into account. Um and B, maybe it's just the narrative at this point with the media. You know, he hasn't won one yet. So it's like, oh, okay, he has to win one. Maybe that's why. Obviously, an amazing season averaging thirty two uh, no, thirty-three points. Uh double double. Defensively, he's amazing as well. So I'm I'm taking Joel Embiid at that center spot, also for MVP. Tatum, Giannis, those were the easiest picks um, just because they were the two best forward. Giannis, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. Tatum, a top top five, top ten, wherever you want to put him uh, forward in the game. Guards is where we differ a little bit there. Uh, so for me, and I'm a Seth guy. I, I really love Seth Curry. Um, in this instance, I was sort of looking at okay, records, also individual performances, and in that sense, I chose Donovan Mitchell over Steph, uh, for for my first team, I guess point guard ish, if you will. It's it's shaky. I'm gonna say guard. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. I took that 71 game performance into account. Uh, that's crazy. That's once in a lifetime. Yeah, got to put that into consideration. And also just the impact he's had on the Cleveland Cavaliers, where, yes, they were good last year, but I think adding Donovan sort of put them into that next tier um, into a conversation where they can legitimately make a run at least to the semifinals. And Donovan, we've seen time and time again, his postseason uh, acumen, his ability to score with the best of them in the postseason. Uh, the seven best score in NBA history in the postseason, actually. Looked that up yesterday, 28 points per game. So I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. Um, And then for my other guard, this one was super close. It was either Luka or Shea. I chose Shea Gillis-Alexander. Um, wow. Okay, yeah. so you have a completely different at guard. Yeah, I, I was – it was tough. Luka did make my second team. It was going to be either Shea or Luka. You know, with Shea Gillis-Alexander, I just think that when you talk about a team that was supposed to be tanking, a team that was projected to be ha- to have, I think, less than twenty wins. Um, for them to be in the postseason, uh, I mean, playing consider the postseason, whatever it may be. Um, and you know, averaging over thirty, most improved candidate for sure. A guy that looks to be a perennial All Star, All NBA type of guy. I-, I took Shea over this one, and plus, you know, Luca, they didn't make the playing situation or the postseason is that his fault Eh, it's splitting hairs at this point because the stats are so similar um i I took shay on this one though interesting those are two names i did not expect to hear i'll tell you that much um i think those two guys are second team guys um okay but the the other thing what i i think the other thing with that is those i think those are two names that aren't being talked about though i think the other names i've heard are heard are devin booker john morant trey young Damien, I mean, I, Damien Lerner, I don't think it has a shot, but yeah, the, I, those sound like second or third team guys. Only six guards can make these all NBA teams if there's three teams. So 
I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you got, if you see those on the second and third team, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you see them at all. To put them on the first team is a bit of a surprise, but I definitely, I can, I respect that a lot. I think those two guys have had two phenomenal seasons and at the end of the day, they're deserving of recognition. Yeah, my list will surprise you because these guards, man, the, the guards were the toughest by far to sort of sh- sort out. I had like all the guards like Devin Booker, John Morant listed out on uh, everybody at the top of my browser here. And I was like, OK, who is not making the cut? And it was tough. I'll go to my second team. Uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously, because he wasn't on my first team, had to be the sen- second team center. Jalen Brown, uh, De'Aaron Fox as my point guard uh Darren Fox, that's another name that i didn't even mention that, that that's another guy who i think could even be more deserving of your two guys if i'm being honest well he's on my second team and then demontis sabonis i i recognize that yes there's two kings on the second team but the kings have had a, a really good season um you know first play, playoff appearance in 2006 i gotta take that into account um their their culture their energy um and, and being the three seed in the west after being a team that, you know, you didn't even think they would make the playoffs, let alone be a top three seed in the Western Conference. So I got to reward that. Plus, they've been stellar um, statistically. Um, De'Aaron Fox, around oh, yeah. 25 a night. DeMontis Sabonis, 19, 11, and uh, seven assists. Yeah, both of those guys are well-deserving of being on the second team. And I think Sacramento, getting that recognition finally, I believe, is the last All-NBA player they had, DeMarcus Cousins. I don't even know, but I would have to. That sounds think. about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. But anyways, um, yeah, the Sacramento Kings, those two guys deserve recognition one way or another. What's your second team? Oh, my second team, man. Um, well, I'll start with I'll, I'll start with Joel Embiid. I think um if Jokic is on the first team, then Embiid is on the second team. It's that simple. Yeah. Um I'll go at guard. I know he missed some time, but I'll go John Morant. And I'll also go with De'Aaron Fox. I think those two guards have been two of the best in the league this year. Those two should be on the second team. As for the other two positions, um, I mean, I, I know my picks are all kind of chalky, but we'll go. Um, hmm. This is it's a little bit tough to pick the the. I'll, I'll go with um, I'll go with Kawhi Leonard. Okay. I know he's missed. I know he's missed a little bit of time, but he's still put up great numbers this year, and he's really helped the Clippers out. And I will go with, I'll go with your guy Jalen Brown. Okay. I think I think Jalen Brown's deserving of some recognition. Finally, I know he's. I think Tatum's obviously overshadowed him, but Jalen Brown is a superstar of his own. Absolutely, uh, Jalen Brown, well deserving. You know, twenty seven points around like. Six. I'm I'm missing the numbers right now. But 27, six, and four sounds about right for Jalen Brown on the year. And uh, consistent, healthy, relatively healthy. A lot of people have been injured this year, so take that with a grain of salt. But you know, Jalen Brown. Oftentimes, if Tatum doesn't have it, Jalen Brown does almost every single night. I watch so many Celtics games, and you know, Jalen Brown. He can have a quarter where he has like. 13 points is by by himself and then the Celtics end up leading by 11 after that quarter. He's just an X factor defensively as well. Um if he has had his own team, he would be a guy that's in the MVP conversation every single year. That's how great of a talent he is. Um Kawhi, the only reason why I don't have Kawhi on any of my teams, I just think the injury thing, uh health that that played a big part into my list. Um availability certainly um that that means something to me 
That's why I didn't have like Kevin Durant on any list, despite him having a 55, 40, 90 season, something that's never been done in NBA history. It's just splitting hairs Mm -hmm. at this point. But, you know, that was something that I took into consideration when I made my three teams. Yeah, I think that's completely fair to have Kawhi Leonard off. I just think what he's done this season has been phenomenal. I don't want to ignore that. So that's a big reason why I put him on. But at the end of the day, I can totally see why he's not on your team. Yep, and uh, I'm going to go to my third team now, which probably have more guards that you didn't expect to to hear on these lists. Uh, Damian Lillard is on my list as a third-team guard. I understand they didn't make the playoffs. I understand that he was uh, benched essentially for the rest of the season. But again, when you have a, a performance like 71 points per game, when you're averaging close to 33 points per game at his age, um, just the watching him play, simply electric and it was between him and Steph for this spot in my opinion just in terms of you know both of them mobile artillery units Steph I think he was So you don't have you don't have Steph on any of your lists. I do not have Steph and Curry. Wow. Interesting. Oh, I I I don't I have some thoughts on that. I'll say that. I'll tell you who got the other guard spot. Drew Holiday. Drew oh, Holiday. Really over Steph? I I'll, I'll say why. You know, let's hear. I, I, I want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have a team like Milwaukee, the best team in basketball record wise, you have Drew Holiday, who essentially had to be the, the second wheel to Giannis because lots of missed time by Chris Middleton. Um, All star, a guy that, you know, defensively, he's arguably the best guard in basketball. Defensively, I don't think there's much of an argument there. Um, that two-way aspect, his ability to step up in crucial moments. We've seen it time and time again. This year on that 50-point game with a signature one by Drew Holiday, I take into consideration his impact on both ends of the floor. Obviously, Steph, mobile artillery unit, he can do so much. He is Golden State Warriors offense. But that, that first seed, the first overall record in the NBA, that was sort of the, the tipping point for me with Drew. And I know you'll disagree with this, but that was my – Argument for Drew Holiday. I'm, I'm gonna finish off my my All NBA team before you go into why Steph should be over him. Um, LeBron James, um, just because the great season he had, you know, 28 eight and eight, he, he's on that list. Larry Markkinen is my power forward. Um, you know, 25 and 10 for a team that in in Utah was supposed to be tanking for them to be where they were in the season. You know. I think Larry Markkinen is a legitimate all-star. He will be an all-star for the foreseeable future. Um, Great player. Ball handling skills have improved from the year before. Shooting has improved. Finishing all, all of the above. He's just overall a plus player, all-star. No question for me there. Brooke Lopez, third team center. And I know it's kind of crazy to have three bucks, but hear me out. Especially as a Celtics fan, but, but hear me out, man. Um, Brooke Lopez, I think, is the defensive player of the year. I really do. Whenever I watch Milwaukee play, his impact is um, you you can't quantify it. His ability to deter shots at the rim, even without Giannis on the floor, his ability to block shots, to prevent people from going up because they know that's that's a big dude down there in the paint. Also, his offensive impacts for the Bucs, he allows spacing for Giannis, his three-point shooting at 38% uh, from three-point range this year. Also, his ability back to the basket. He has all the post moves, all the footwork, and I think that's in in a world where centers outside of excuse me instead outside of Embiid and Jokic aren't really yeah Bam out of bio 
you know, who else is really in c- competition for that unless he puts the bonus at the center? I think Broke Lopez should be at that third team all NBA spot. Floor is yours. I think I, I like that Lopez pick, honestly. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll give you my team, then I'll give you some thoughts that I had on your team. I, I'll go Shea Mitchell. I know you had them on your first team. I'll put them on my third team. Okay. Uh, I like the other guards that I put ahead of them, so that's kind of why they're just falling back. Uh, I agree with you on the fours. Laurie Markkinen and um, LeBron James. Those those two, I believe, should definitely be on the third team. I haven't said Sabonis yet, so I'm going to put Sabonis as my fifth player on that team. Okay. Um, it, yeah, pretty simple. You kind of gave the reason for that. I, I the, the fact that Steph got left out, I think, is honestly kind of absurd. Steph <laughs> okay. is the reason why the Warriors are the sixth seed this year. Without Steph, this Warriors team doesn't even make the play-in. They're a bottom I, – I would say they're a bottom three team in the West if Steph doesn't play this year. And I think I think his value to this team is so crucial, and I don't think you can ignore that at all. And that's why I think Steph has to be on one of these teams. I can't knock that. that that's a great argument. And, you know, if I had to get rid of one person, I, I'd get rid of Dame. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm just a big Drew Holiday fan. Maybe that's why I, I value what he does for the. Yeah, Bucks you're all in on Drew Holiday. I, that was that was one I did not expect to hear from you. Yeah, I, I'm big Drew Holiday fan for a while now. Not just because this season got All Star um recognition, but for a while now, I really thought Drew was one of the best guards, and he just never got um that recognition. So I think now, you know, Bucks top seed in the East, top seed overall. Also, his All Star appearance, I think that'll sort of. You know, have him in the mind of voters where usually he probably wouldn't be because he made that all-star team this year. I think that'll kind of factor in. He will only be on the third team, whereas Steph, he might make a second team, essentially, um, depending on who you ask. I just think, you know, he'll be in there at that spot no matter what uh, Drew Holiday. He has to make it, in my opinion. But that's just me. Fair enough. I, I can see the argument for him. I just think there are six better guards that play better than him this season, and that's why I'm going to go with him off my list. Fair enough. And then obviously I, I didn't even mention guys like Devin Booker on my list, uh James Harden, you know, Kyrie. There's a bunch of other super There are so many, guys. there are so many guards in the NBA yeah. that are worthy. So it, it it's really up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if all of our lists are completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's, there could be even there could be a guy on the first team that we didn't even think of down for any of our teams. Yeah, you know, it, it's really tough. Jalen Brunson, another guy now I'm thinking about. Jalen Brunson had an amazing second half of the season with the mm-hmm. Knicks. They're in yeah. the playoffs. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Julius Randle, another guy. So, you know, great place for the NBA to be in right now with all their their talent, all, all the amazing guys at each position. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, talking about Western Yeah, thanks Hall for having me. Season. Yeah, man, you already know. Anything you want to shout out real quick before you hop off? Uh, I mean, my Twitter is at the underscore Sam Corcoran. You can go give me a follow there for more NBA coverage, more other coverage that I do of other sports. But yeah, uh, happy to be on as always. Thanks to Hani and looking forward to these playoffs. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the From Downtown podcast. Please make sure to like, rate five stars, and share with family and friends. This episode was pretty good, I think. You know, talking about the Western Conference playoffs, I firmly believe that Phoenix has the best shot to win the NBA title this year in terms of teams in the Western Conference. Obviously, in the East, I'm still going to go with my Boston Celtics because of their entire the entirety of their team the the complete whole well-rounded aspect that they have in terms of each player at each position but i would not be surprised at all if the phoenix suns came out on top in the west and gave the boston celtics or you know the milwaukee bucks who 
just ended up with the best record in the entire NBA if they had a collision course, a rematch of the 2021 NBA Finals. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care.